0: Let's open our Bibles. Um, we're going to read from 1 John today. Amen. And um, we'll see how we go. Hope this, hopefully this is great. 1 John chapter 1.1. Uh, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. You know, when you're preaching Christmas, you, you can go to texts about the Christmas story, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, the manger, that kind of thing. Well, today I'm, what I'm doing is I'm kind of not looking at th- that kind of story but more the meaning of Jesus coming into the world because this here is really talking about, you know, really encapsulizing, and John's probably the, the strongest writer in the New Testament of talking about the meaning of, of Christ's incarnation. So I thought we'd look at this. And what Christ- Christmas actually means, not just the, the story. And I've pulled out four things that uh, I've got four points about what Christmas means from this section of chapter today. Um, and Christ- isn't Christmas um, time is, is, a, is a great time? Well, maybe not for everyone. It can actually be a sad time for some people who maybe are alone, I've got to say. But for, for others of us, it's, it is a time of memories, nostalgia, bonding. And it is a really special time. I know some of us, I know Jim and, and Scotty particularly, uh, are just Christmas people. They just they just light up at Christmas. Is anyone else like that here that just just really gets excited about Christmas? Joe does, the Smith family. I think it's just Fiona as well. Is it is it just Jim? Right. Okay, you need to work on Unity. Uh, you two. Uh, Oh Kitty loves it. I think kids, I think kids across the board must just yeah, come on. But look, you know, some of us love it. But we all love, I think we all feel a little bit special with the nostalgia and stuff that goes around Christmas. But today, I want us to think a bit about Christmas, not just the the nostalgic feeling. So the first point is, from this scripture, that Christmas means salvation by grace. Now, if we look down here, in John, in the beginning of... The chapter, the sorry, the book of John in John one, it says that Jesus is the Word, right? You know, the Word is God. Down here, it says, it says that Jesus is the Word of Life. Okay. So, and that in verse two, it says that the eternal life is with the Father. Now, this is remarkable. It doesn't say that Jesus has life that Jesus even gives life. It says that Jesus is life. He himself is life and came into this world. He is life. I Think about that. I mean, think about other religions that the, the the founder or the sage of that religion comes into the world and they say, this is the way to eternal life. Do this, do this, work this way, live this way and you can attain eternal life. But with Jesus, it says, he is life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. it's, It's different because that Jesus came into the world to save us, to do the things we can't do. And that is the message of grace in Christ. It's not about what we do. It is God sending Jesus to do what we can't do. You know, some people say, you know, doctrine really doesn't matter in terms of you know you hear that sometimes when you're talking to people around and about that hey you know all religions are good and probably all religions are good but you know saying that all paths lead to god what is that really saying well it's saying basically that if you're if you live a good life in any religion you'll make it to heaven and i kind of on the surface of it's sort of Sometimes you don't even get your back up with that thought. It sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Live a good life, go to heaven. But what's actually behind that statement is that I don't, I'm not that bad that I need a saviour. And it's historically known as the salvation by works. What this scripture is saying is that, that Jesus is our life, not us. Okay. When you try to live a life like that, and try and live the good life to make it to heaven. You'll either live in insecurity, anxiousness, or fear. Or if you think you're—that's if you—if you're not quite good enough. If you think you've been really good, you'll you'll live with pride and you look down on other people. Or if if you're having a—and if you just don't think you're good enough at all to make it under those precepts, you're gonna—it's you're gonna live with devastation and self-loathing. If we look down here, in in verse three, it, it talks about that Jesus said he's his. Sorry, up in verse one, he says he's seen with it my my eyes. I've looked at it with our hands. We've touched it. You know, he's emphatic, isn't he, John? Here and these variety of verbs aren't. Is it's it's not just sort of nice language, because scholars have looked at this. Kind of language back into the, you know, original context, and these words actually co- correspond with the variety of witness attestation in ancient jurisprudence. It's like their legal, their legal terms saying it's almost like I swear that this actually happened. I saw this. They're almost like legal arguments, and that's what John's basically saying and getting the people to see: this is not just some story. He's actually been with Christ. He's seen it. He's experienced it. It's real, and he's you know swearing a, a desp- desp- deposition. Amen. If Christmas is just a legend, you're on your own. But if Christmas is true, you are saved. You can be. You can be saved by grace. The second thing about these scriptures say about the meaning of Christmas is that you can have fellowship with God. You know, the doctrine, when you think about the doctrine of incarnation, about Jesus coming to earth, it is about fellowship. You know, God didn't set himself up. God doesn't want us just to believe in him, to believe in God. He doesn't even just want us to obey him like he's some sort of powerful being that we've got to just run around doing everything he says. God God isn't content content with these things because he became human he wants fellowship and intimacy you know that is the God we worship isn't that awesome it's a God who wants a relationship and think about this for a minute try looking at the Sun I mean just I mean have you ever I mean don't do it because uh, I mean kids are there kids in the room? Children, please do not do this. But you know, if you stare at the sun, either you're just going to—it's just going to become very blurry, or the retina in your eyes are going to get burnt out. Right? You can't—you can't look at the sun. Um, but so to see the glory of the sun, we need a filter. You know, if you—I I don't know if anyone's ever done this—but with welding glasses, which are, look intense light, you can actually look at at the sun or on filters on cameras, you can actually start to see the beauty of the sun, the, the sunspots, the explosion, the thermal explosion. And it's, the sun's an incredible thing when you can look at it. But you can't just look at it. It's too powerful. It's too glorious. Well, that is like God. We can't just look at God. We, we, he, he's too intense. So he sent Christ as a human to filter God so that through Christ we can, we can see God through through what Christ was like. and and that is such a gift to us you know pre-Christ they kind of I'm sure they in the old covenant it was pretty hard going at times I mean God because they didn't have that filter yet you know Moses wanted to look at God and God said don't you can't you will surely die you know God is just too magnificent to look at but so part of the fellowship we have with God is is this filter in Christ who comes to us um Charles Wesley, the the writer of the hymn um, "Hark! The Herald Angels Sing," which is a fantastic Christmas carol, wrote in the in the second verse. It reads: "It goes, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see; hail the incarnate deity." You know, he got his theology right there that we can see God through the incarnate Christ. So that's that's one of the the really fantastic meanings about Christmas. So what, is, what does this mean? A little practical for us on this point of fellowship with God. I mean, what does what does that practically mean for us? And, um, you know, I was kind of thinking about this and, um, you know, our, our, my relationship with God. Where is it? How is it going? And, and I've got to say that I think it, we'd all agree that a relationship with God does have... It, it, it ebbs and flows. It, it, it has mountaintop experiences, you know, at certain times where you, you're you just glowing <laughs> with God in your heart and, and you have a, maybe a period, maybe it's just a, a great prayer and, and then you'll have other periods where you think, man, I'm, I'm close to God. And then you might have other periods where you're really, quote unquote, struggling, but it might be life that is doing... You, know, you might actually be going through a very severe trial and you feel... Bad, but you're, you're hanging on to God still. Do you know what I mean? Like you might actually not be doing as bad as you think, because if you're hanging on during a hard time, you're actually that—that's awesome. But, but I think as an upward call, you know, I just—and I asked myself this question: Have I given up on dreaming about the mountaintop experiences? You know, like I mean, and I tell you, as a as a as a slightly older—not I'm not, not old—but married man with kids and life is so full on at times, a young Henry and all this kind of thing. It—it it, it is. I, sometimes I feel I'm—I get shrunk back into a position of, you know what I mean? I feel like that—that that my life is just <sighs> survival, basically. Yeah. You know, and and I mean really. I, I don't. If I live the rest of my life like that, I don't think God's gonna necessarily look down on that, because you you've been faithful, you're surviving. But what about even if you're under this kind of pressure in life that you that you have moments where you think, right, I'm gonna advance through my life. I'm gonna smash through and and oh, I mean, I had it on my heart beat just a few nights ago. I th- Thought, wouldn't it be great for us brothers to 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 do a crazy four a.m. prayer at Kings Park? The just. I don't know, just to shake us up and 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 do do something a bit radical. Even as married guys who don't get much sleep, perhaps anyway. I mean, let's yeah, let's be crazy. But I was thinking, it's great to have those thoughts and do that things. I mean, you can't do that. You can't keep that kind of faith all the time, obviously. But you know, do we fight for our relationship with God? Do we do stuff? Are, are we have we hit just a consistent level? Because if we have, it might be good to punch through that occasionally and do some stuff in our lives. You know, maybe over this season, this Christmas season, maybe just think about, I mean, I'm thinking about it. I'm not, I mean, I haven't even decided yet, but it'd be great, wouldn't it, to do something to break up this this season and do something to shake your faith up and really have a... I was talking to a brother the other day and he said, I'm going to... I was inspired because I haven't done he said, I want to take I'm two days off, I'm going on a spiritual retreat with God. He's a married guy. He's going to go off away by himself and, and just read his Bible. I thought, come on. And that kind of really inspired me. So they're the they're the kind of things we can think about. Third point of what the scripture, what meaning can we get about Christmas? Third point is that love really matters. Okay? Love really matters. You know, in the second in the in the secular world of atheism, there is a thought out there that if there is no God, we're all just made up of molecules and atoms, and that love is actually a, a, a survival instinct that's been programmed into us all the way back to our ancestors because those who have love will survive more, sort of like survival of the fizz kind of thing. And there's people who believe this. In fact, um, uh, 20 or 30 years ago, a Nobel winning scientist by the name of Francis Kirk wrote in his book The Astonishing Universe, you, your joys and your sorrows, your memories and your ambitions, your sense of personal identity and free will are all in fact no more than the behaviour of our assembly of nerve cells and their associated molecules. Um, What he's saying is there's no soul and that love is a chemical responses. But there's a different way of looking at that because that we just don't live like that. <laughs> like that love, it just, we, we know in our heart that love really does matter. We don't say, I'll oh, love you. We say, oh, I'm going to love you forever, don't we? We don't say, I'm going to love you to the end of your life because we know that love does transcend and it is a powerful force in this world. We, we know through christmas that love makes us whole we know that when we love others when we sacrifice when we really give our hearts we feel whole in ourselves and we know there's a, a change in perspective in our lives don't we that love really does matter you know this scripture here talks about um, that love isn't just a force that was created for our survival love actually pre-existed the creation of the world. You know, our God isn't an individual entity that then, like other religions, and then love came in after creation because it talks about God being here with Christ and the Holy Spirit and that they were a community of love before the creation of the world and that out of that, the world was created. The world was actually created out of love. Love really matters. Okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe. You know, it makes us ask the question, the world came out of love. It was created, there, you know, Jesus, it says, the you know, the, the world was created through Christ. And love is also redeeming the world. You know, the original world was created out of love, the universe. But then when Christ came into the world, it was love that drove Christ to us. It was, it was the redeeming of the world that motivated Christ into it. And that, that is just just such a huge part of the, of the Christmas meaning. You know, it's interesting, in, in 1961, um, Yuri Gagarin, the first Russian cosmonaut, orbited the Earth. And um, Nikita Krishna, who was the president of Russia at the time, said, we in Russia, our, our official religion of atheism, are even more. there's even more evidence now for atheism, because we sent a man into the heavens and there was no God there. CS Lewis who was alive at the time wrote an essay called The Seeing Eye and he said that if there if there if there is a god he wouldn't relate to you like a person on the first floor relating to someone on the second floor it's like you go upstairs and he's not there it's like there's no god i mean god is not going to relate to humans like he's living on the same floor is he And and C.S. Lewis was right, and he said it would be more like Shakespeare relating to Hamlet. You know, Shakespeare created Hamlet, and the only way he could relate to Hamlet was actually writing himself into the play. You're not going to find Shakespeare from Hamlet's point of view just looking up in the rafters or something, are you? You know, the creator has got to reveal himself to the created. And, and God did better than just writing himself into the play. God sent himself into our world. And, and and I love this thought. You know, you look at this and God looked into the world and looked at us, the main character, who really just messed things up completely from day one. Adam and everything. And from ever since that day, none of us have been able to, to, to do the right thing. You know, we, we just blew it. So he wrote himself, that's why he was born in a manger. He he lived the life that we we should have lived, and he died the death that we should have we should have died. When there's a barrier in a relationship like we have formed with God, it needs to be broken down. Love is not just a chemical response. And finally, or fourthly, these scriptures point to something just down at the bottom there it reads uh in verse four we write this to make our joy complete okay so the christmas story should make our joy complete and um i I was thinking about this and thinking about well what does that mean to have our joy complete and we all know what it's like to feel joyful when things are going good. But if you really, if we're all honest about life, we'd have to say that it's a struggle most of the time, right? I mean, we have joy, but really, and if we're not struggling now, we kind of know that there's stuff coming our way. You know, there's going to be tragedy. There's going to be death. You know, all our loved ones around us, if we don't go first, they're going to die. You know, everyone we love is going to die one day. I mean, it's just life. Is full on. It's it, the whole thing, is going to be this intense struggle. So how then can we have our joy complete? Now we've got a holiday house down at Shoalwater Bay that most of the brothers and some of the sisters have been to, um, and I get jealous of that place because it's got this garden that my dad's planted a few trees. My brother planted this olive tree there, and I was looking at it. After about, I mean, I've planted olive trees, and you know, year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. It's like you know, the first three years they just don't move. They just, and I just water them, and I I mean, come on, mate, grow, and they just don't move. Anyway, I go down to my holiday house. My brother has never watered this tree, planted this, and then like in five years, it's. I looked out the window, and it's coming past the second-story windows, and I thought, what in the world, you know? And all dad's dad's fruit trees are just going nuts. They're just, you know, bearing fruit growing. I mean, fruit trees are meant to be slow growing, right? Dad's fruit trees down there just go ballistic. And I said, Dad, what's the secret to your gardening down at Shoalwater Bay? And he goes, Oh, there's a natural spring just below the surface of the the earth. You know? There's this water there's this beautiful crystal clear, beautiful water that these these trees just tap into and just Forget about watering, you know drought or no drought they're just they're just blooming. And you know the meaning of Christmas, really taking these things to our hearts means that that's how our life can be. You know we can go through no you know, no watering, we can go through droughts, disasters, challenge in our life that seems unfathomable but if we're tapping into these truths of who Christ is that he's come as a for a relationship with us we can be green we can be shooting we can be growing we can in our heart of hearts have victory over this life this is what the scriptures say and and this you know guys let's have you know let's have a christmas that our faith is rocked a bit let's have an experience over christmas that we we go and do something special with god and 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 make it a great season amen Let's have a great, uh, let's have a, stand up for one last song. Amen.